Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. It's worked. It's what I'm live on Facebook and I'm late. I know I'm late, but I'm actually very, very happy to be here tonight because I have officially actually been banned from Facebook for seven days. And, and I'm still within that seven day period, but they have obviously um, let me back. So I want to say if if you're there watching Facebook, thank you for letting me back on early um, and for, for, for lifting my ban. And I'm very sorry that I um, yet again uh, breached the Facebook um, guidelines. Uh, I think I, I've narrowed it down. I think the problem is the nipples. I think the nipples are the problem. And um, I've re- I now realise that and I, I'm, I'm going to do what I've seen other people doing when they post pictures and they put silly little emojis over the nipples and they put flowers and all sorts of things over the nipples. I've got to say, I don't like it. Um, I accept that, it, I, you know, for me, I obviously deal in these sorts of images all the time if you like you know and i see these sorts of things but i accept that it can be maybe a a bit offensive i mean the picture that i got banned for i put on the private group the private facebook group it wasn't even on general facebook it was on the closed group for people who've been to the clinic and uh, anyway i'm sorry facebook that i put that picture on and i will cover up the nipples in future and hopefully i will be able to um i will be able to avoid a uh, oh Ah, well, I can't re- reply, Ruth. I was going to say hello. I'm just going to have to like that. Um, hopefully, I will avoid future bans. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very pleased that I'm back on because I thought I was going to do know what I was going to do today. So back on Facebook, and uh, uh, I will be very sure that I don't breach the terms and conditions again. It's the third time. Third time I've been banned. First, first was one day, then three days, and the last one was seven days. So I'm a bit nervous. I keep on doing these pictures. The problem is it's the nature of the job that I'm in. But I've got to be a bit careful with the photos that I put on. I accept that, and I will try and be more careful and try not to be um, inflammatory. So that is great. It's great to be here. It's great to be alive and to be have freedom to like posts and put stuff on Facebook. And, you know, I'm just... I'm just so happy that I'm... Oh, God, this is a real lag on these masks. I was going to put some kind of happy mask on, but there's such a lag on it. That's a problem. If they came straight away, you'd know what we'd be doing. But they do... Oh, my Lord, look at them all. Um, so, uh, yep. Yeah. So we've got some questions, obviously. We've got some questions, which I am going to go through presently. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> oh, God, my... Sorry, my earpiece got... No, what's that? DRS? Oh, God. Which my... Um, sorry, I try to put a mask on. You can't tell what they are. Um, so I'm going to go through these questions presently. So tattoo, jump in, straight in. Uh, well, it's not straight in, is it? Sorry, I'll get that off. Uh, t- 
tattoo how long between how long between sessions for a serial excision nope between a serial excision of a tattoo well a serial excision has that just paused oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that should be good in the summertime wouldn't it um serial excision of tattoo so serial excision of tattoo means um means that you uh how do you get them off means that you take it's a it's a big tattoo and you take a piece of it away then you so you still have a tattoo with a scar uh you close it tightly and then once after a period of time once the skin has had time to adjust it no longer feels tight so they can go back and take another piece away that's what's a that's a serial excision and that's what you do for big uh, big lesions and commonly we use it for tattoos um for the, that are too big to take out in one go and if there, there's always a balance between people always want to have it out as quickly as possible uh, but you have to let that scar soften and it's a bit of a paradox really because you want to get that scar to soften as much as possible and then you hit it again and give it another scar so uh in answer to the question how long for me uh personally i normally wait a minimum of three months between sessions and sometimes you're going to need to do five six sessions so that means it can take a long time it can take years to remove some of these uh, bigger lesions because uh, i need to wait at least three months between them I'm just seeing what I've gone down the bottom here. Um but it um it oh, what I've done there. It is you know, in, in a, if anything, if you wait a bit longer it'll be better because it'll be softer and it'll be easier to close. So um yeah, the simple question to cut a long story short is three months away between sessions. Uh but if you wait longer you're gonna uh have more uh the skin's gonna be more relaxed if you wait longer and so uh, potentially you could get more out if the skin's more relaxed and so you could potentially have fewer sessions if you waited longer but as i say it's a balance between the fewer sessions but you want to have them closer together to get it over with quicker i think i made that quite clear hope i have if not then uh, let me know and i'll try and make it clearer in another fashion so ta- uh, lesions ga or la i don't know you see i don't know what are lay terms and what are medical terms are ga and la lay terms or are they medical to the people i've just got all these i don't know if anyone's leaving any comments i'm not looking at them because i'm looking at all these various i don't know what they are down the bottom time um so anyway ga means general anesthetic la means local anesthetic and um usually lesions means um a like a a mole or a cyst oh god um oh my god we don't like that we'll get that off a mole or a cyst um and that's uh usually done on a local anesthetic means you stay awake injection around the thing and then um we uh, uh cut it out with you sort of awake a bit like being at the dentist and it's rare to need a ga ga means you get put to sleep for a lesion but we have had some i think we've had some recently which are quite big or recurrent which means as they've come back after previous excisions there's scarring around the area um or the other thing is in young people um then you would maybe think more along the lines of doing a general anesthetic so you don't want to traumatize anyone um there are more risks associated with the general anesthetic although the risks are pretty rare or, or pretty low for these smaller lesion, uh, smaller procedures because the anaesthetic would be a short anaesthetic um, and there's more costs associated with the general anaesthetic because we wouldn't be able to do that at the clinic if you had a general anaesthetic you'd have to go to one of the hospitals um, to have the general anaesthetic and obviously you need an anaesthetist involved so there is uh, implications in terms of that but the uh, 
was the question? I don't know what, what I've just written. GA or, I think it's the question is what would make us decide with it between a GA and LA, I think. Um, so the thing that would make us decide is one patient preference. So if you really don't think you'll be up for a general, a, a local anaesthetic, uh, then we can consider a general anaesthetic given that it would be more expensive. And also there's a, it's general anaesthetics done more as like a day case, which means you stay in, you're usually just in the hospital for the day, but you are in the hospital for most of the day because you have to come in, you have to get prepped and all that sort of thing. You have to be starved for six hours before. There's no starving associated with a local anaesthetic. Um, you normally have to get into a gown and all these bit, bit more of a palaver and then they have to make sure that you're comfortable after the anaesthetic. Sometimes you can feel a bit groggy, a bit sick. Uh, so you have to make sure you've passed urine and, and um, had something to eat and potted around. So you're normally on the ward about four or five hours after the anaesthetic. So you're in most of the day if you have a general anaesthetic, whereas a local anaesthetic, you sort of walk in, walk out. So there is... Uh, more associated with the general anaesthetic but if it's a very big lesion uh, if it's deep um, then it's a, probably going to be more comfortable to do under a general anaesthetic i recently did actually quite a big uh, lipoma on the side under a general anaesthetic actually so um, yeah so if it's a big lesion if it's quite deep and also if you think you'll be worried and you're not going to enjoy a local anaesthetic then then we can do it that way and then there's a halfway house between the two which is a local anaesthetic with sedation which uh, again would have to be done at the hospital again wouldn't have, would involve an anaesthetist so there would be cost implications in fact the cost would probably be the same as having it underdone under a um uh under having done under a uh, general anaesthetic but um so local anaesthetic and sedation is it <laughs> is a uh, is an option yeah okay thank you <laughs> all right freddie thank you yeah where's mum dad um okay this is professional Actually, this is a professional thing i'm doing for work where's all right mom? i guess she's upstairs can you just go and have a look please right thank you yeah freddie please <laughs> just right sorry about that um uh so yeah, I think that's answered that one. So generally, yeah, so local anaesthetic sedation is sort of a halfway house between the two. Um, I guess the memo didn't go out that I was doing this in here today, so I'm sorry about that. But I will discipline that child severely as soon as this is finished, and it won't happen again. Um, although it has happened before, hasn't it? Uh, so yes, so general anaesthetic. If it, if the patient is really worried about a general anaesthetic. Uh, or the lesion and or the lesion is very large but i have to say a lot of people are very worried about local anesthetic but I, if you can do it under local anesthetic it's better to do it under local anesthetic as a rule i think local anesthetic there's a lot to be said for it you can do quite a lot under local anesthetic and most of the lesions that we remove under local anesthetic it is, does sting a little bit but once the local anesthetic's in you just sort of feel touch and move and you don't feel anything painful and so it is generally speaking for lesions moles cysts things that aren't too deep underneath the skin then uh, local anaesthetic is usually the way forward. But um, general is an option. Good to have options. Always good to have options. There's a saying, if all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So because we can offer general anaesthetic, you know, we've always got options. So we can offer that to you. Some places they can't do. Um, sorry, I've got this thing on my screen, but I don't think you've got it anyway. I'm going to leave it. Um, um, they can't do. Uh, oh, oh, God, we've got some. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, well, um, they can't do, yeah, general. So they might be, be pushing you more to a local, but we we can do either. So, uh, whew, this is stressful. Um, mastopexy is areola reduction included? Yes, mm -hmm, it is. So if you have a mastopexy or breast lift, an areola reduction is part of that. 
similarly, another thing that people often ask is like, is a mastopexy included when you have a breast reduction? So a breast reduction, a mastopexy is included in the breast reduction. You lift the breast and you um, reduce it for a reduction and you just lift it with a mastopexy. But when you do a mastopexy, whether or not you ask for it, an areola, you can sort of, the areola is re the, the nipple and the areola are repositioned and you can make the areola any size you want. We have set markers in, in theatre. It's normally around four, four and a half centimetres for a diameter of an areola. Um, but and certainly if your areola is very large, then having uh, an areola reduction can be done on its own. That can be a procedure on its own if it's just if that's the only problem, the areola is large. But if you're having a breast lift, an areola reduction is actually part of it. You don't have to ask you know or pay more or ask for it anymore but you might want to have a talk to us about what sort of size you want the areola sometimes people will comment and say look i love my areola to be certain dimensions you can ask and we can certainly measure it and make it that dimensions it probably won't heal in that dimensions because scar tissue you can mark something four centimeters exactly uh, six months or a year later you measure it and it's not four centimeters you know so um that's the way the body heals but you can certainly have input onto what size we make it and uh, we can certainly talk about that, but uh, it's always difficult to be too specific when you're dealing with the human body and scarring. Um, whoo! Animation, right? This has got, got a big long animation question here. Animation deformity. So animation deformity is when the breast moves when you mu- mu- when you move your arm and it occurs in patients who have breast implants underneath the muscle. So when you have a breast implant above or underneath the muscle, there's pros and cons on both. Uh, it's not like one's better than the other. And we've got a patient who is considering having breast implants. I think they've been told by one doctor to be un- over and then another, I think I said under. And then uh, they're worried because what about all the bad things that will happen if you have them under? Yes, these bad things can happen if you have them under, but there's bad things that can happen if you have them over as well. Um, and so one of the bad things I think they're worried about is animation deformity. So what that means is when you move the muscle, when you move your arm, when you're exercising your arm, obviously your pec major is moving, your pec muscle if the implants underneath the pec uh, sometimes the breast can move because the breast is actually made up of a lot a lot of the breast is actually made up of implant now once you have the implants in so if the implant moves when your muscle moves the breast moves it looks like your breast moves when you're exercising your muscles you know when you're at the gym um so um that feels good um so the that is something called animation deformity. That's a risk. And this patient is very worried about that, which is reasonable to be worried about it. And the questions that um, she got, does animation deformity occur all of the time or just when you work out? Just when you work out. So when you're at rest, you do not have an animation deformity. Sometimes people can twitch their muscles, do sort of party tricks and do twitches and make the breasts move. I don't know if you've seen people do that. No, no, you know, the, no, 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 That's usually if they're under, well, only if they're underneath the muscle. But if you're not, that's obviously twitching your muscles. If you're just at rest and sitting doing nothing, you won't have an animation deformity. So animation deformity only works when you work, only happens when you work out. Is it, grad, is it gradually, gradually a permanent feature? Is it gradually, or, a, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It, does it gradually become a permanent feature, I think, is the question. No, it doesn't gradually become a permanent feature. It is only at on movement it's not all the time it's only when you move and it's a risk it's not a definite so i'm not saying you will get an animation deformity it's only a risk but it's uh if you do get it you only get it when you move your muscles and it doesn't gradually become a permanent feature no would workout force implants apart over time no uh, uh okay no 
another risk of having implants under the muscle is they can become apart. So I think the question is, would a workout force the implants apart over time? One risk of having implants under the muscle is they can, as well as animation deformities, you can have a wide cleavage. If you've ever seen a really wide cleavage, and a lot of people worry about this wide cleavage, an abnormally wide cleavage, that's usually when the implants are placed under the muscle and they haven't released the muscle enough medially. Haven't really, you have to really release the muscle here in order to make sure the implants sit together and the muscles don't push, don't push the implants apart. Because... Um, and the, we, the reason people get that is because there's a lot of perforating vessels. There's a lot of big blood vessels coming down through the muscle here. So surgeons worry about releasing the muscle here. It's tricky. It's difficult. It's always a bit, uh, a bit hairy, as it were, you know, a bit sort of worrying when you're doing the dissection because there can be some really big blood vessels and they can bleed, they can retract down, they can be a, quite difficult to control. So as far as the surgical procedure goes, it is it, it, it's something that, you know, as we as surgeons need to work hard at to get the cleavage right when we're putting implants underneath the muscle because we've got to make sure that we divide, uh, we release enough of the muscle in order that we uh, don't have it pushing the implants to the side. Uh, but we've also got to be a bit careful that we don't damage these big blood vessels or at least if we do damage the big blood vessels, we can control the bleeding and stop the bleeding. So that is a risk that the muscles can force the implants apart. It's not something that necessarily that happens over time. It's something that happens if the well, it will happen over time the first few months of the or like within the first year of the surgery happening but it happens if you don't release the muscle enough so that's why we need technically we need to move the muscle release the muscle enough but also it is a risk with under the muscle which is more of a risk than if you have the implants over the muscle implants over the muscle is a lot easier to put the implants in the right place uh, and you don't really tend to get this very wide cleavage a lot of people worry about wide cleavage and I want to try and point out to people I show them photos of front views of people with different widths of cleavage because what we try to do when we do implants is maintain the width of your cleavage but we enhance it so some people naturally they've got a bit of a distance between their breasts there's a bit of bony sternum palpable between their breasts other people haven't got much distance between their breasts their breasts sort of start quite close to each other and whatever the distance is between your breasts before you have surgery will be the same after having surgery but when you've had surgery the angle is sort of higher so the cleavage is sort of enhanced but the the, the width of the cleavage is the same um, so that's what we try and do make the width the same but it's enhanced um, but it's a lot easier to do that when it's on top of the muscle so yeah that's another good thing about on top of the muscle but you know problem is when you're slim you might see the implants rippling and all these sorts of things fill the edges so that's why under the muscle is good balance as everything so i hope that is that uh guest appearance tonight by um by my little son freddie so it was nice to see him today so i'd like to say thank you for freddie for showing an appearance always very welcome uh, on this to add to the professional nature of the uh, broadcast so um that's that then again thanks to freddie thanks to facebook for bringing me back on to uh, and not keeping me banned for a week very very grateful to you facebook thank you uh and i will make sure that i um uh put in measures to make the photos not offensive or upsetting to people not that any i've never had any people complain which is nice no ever no individuals have complained it's just facebook automatically bans it as soon as you post it boom you're banned for a week that happened to me last week imagine my surprise i thought oh look i'm going to give this really good photo which demonstrates all this stuff and then they ban me bang so that was a bit of a douche but uh anyway 
Uh, I'm a professional and I will get over it. And I and I and I'm grateful to them for putting me back on. And I'm going to be be good from now on. And if I do have to put anything in the bosom area, I will put something over the offending areas. Rambling on now, so that's that. I'm uh, going to check myself out of here, and I hope that's been helpful. If anyone's asked to comment and I haven't seen it, I don't know what is going on because I've had my masks up and goodness knows what. Um, so I'm going to check myself out of this, and I'm going to go and say to you, next week is not Easter, is it? Or is it? Is it Easter? Um, I don't think it is. So I'm going to be back. Going to be back this time next week. I will see you then, and I will be answering your questions then. Uh, happy Tuesday. Thank you for listening and for tuning in. And join me next week for another instalment. Any questions, email me, tweet me, do whatever you want. And uh, I'll be very happy to go over them next week. Signing off. Sayonara. Is that signed off? No. Okay. Hello. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.